Welcome to Health Data Talks, where industry experts offer bite-sized tips and trends for managing legacy data. Thanks for joining us. I'm Shannon Larkin from Harmony Healthcare IT. And today I'm talking to Dan Compare, Harmony Healthcare IT's VP of Information Systems. Thanks for being here, Dan. Oh, thank you for having me on, Shannon. I appreciate the opportunity to talk through the high trust framework and just security in general, things that we hold really dear to us and we focus a great deal of attention every day on. Right, because at Harmony, we're managing data for healthcare organizations. So whether we're extracting and migrating that data to Cerner or Epic, or if we're storing it in an active archive, security is really important. So yeah, let's get started and maybe just give us an overview of HITRUST. Sure. So HITRUST is a security framework. It incorporates many of the industry standard and widely recognized frameworks, kind of pulling the best and breed from each of those and integrating them into something that's really directly geared towards the healthcare sector. We believe it's the highest standard for healthcare organizations, and it greatly reduces the complexity in assessing business associate compliance. It's important because it addresses the need for scalable, proactive growth and security and compliance that addresses continuously expanding threat landscapes, things that we deal with on a daily basis, and you see them in the news. So setting up that groundwork under the high trust framework really helps us move through those types of activities, make sure that we have all the controls in place necessary, the training, and all the tools that we're going to need to be able to react and keep all of our information under portfolio safe. Yeah, when we think of keeping PHI safe, We often think of HIPAA, which is a law that governs the privacy and security of who can access the data, but HITRUST isn't a law, right? It's a certification. So kind of talk to us about the certification process and what that entails. Yeah, absolutely. And to that point, HIPAA is a big component of HITRUST, and it really got its foundations through some of the HIPAA regulations. Currently today, and they just kind of added it in for the following year here, there's going to be two types of assessments, one which is called an R2, and that's a two-year validated assessment, which results in a certification as well as a NIST cybersecurity framework scorecard. The other one is called the I-1, which is a one-year, so something you would have to recertify on every single year, and it's geared towards those businesses with more of a moderate risk exposure. So as we kind of think through this, the main components are going to be processes. So the emphasis on having clearly documented SOPs, making sure that we follow those, that we have proof, we're keeping logs, we're practicing this every single day. It's something that we do, not just a control statement out there that says we should do these things. It's something that's embodied every single day in practice. And then the number of controls, which can range greatly from 198 all the way up to 2,000 controls within the R2 assessment, gives you kind of that flexibility. The in-person audits, which you have an interim as well as the full recertification, which will occur every two years, is when you sit down, you go through and you really refine with the auditor how you're achieving each control and make sure that it's not just in spirit, it is in practice and it's in everything that we do. And then towards the end of it, once you have gone through the audit, the maturity score is really your reflection point to say, did we get better in this area than we were last time? And you will find that 
through practicing these things every single day, the maturity scores do go up. And, and the longer that you're within a framework, the more mature you'll be as an organization as a whole. Got it. Yeah. You mentioned a couple of things there, moderate business exposure, and then you gave this big range of the number of controls that you could meet. So it makes me wonder if high trust is sort of a one size fits all. Are there a certain number of controls that every certified company needs to meet? Or does it vary, like you said, based on what your business exposure might be? Absolutely. So high trust is really based on a flexible framework. So there is no set number that says if your business is this large or you have this many things going on, it's something that you work with to assess how many controls you need. So the scalability is the key here. If you have externally facing machines based on the number of patient records that you're housing, the number of transactions that you're processing, employees, there's a lot of other factors that go into this to say, I need to pull in additional controls around access, or I'm going to pull in additional controls around privacy. And due to those factors, it allows you to implement a framework that you feel that you have ownership of rather than something that you're just adhering to. It's something that you've chosen for yourself. And with that, the ownership obviously is there. Got it. And so, I mean, what kind of resourcing does it take then to get certified for high trust? Or I know you mentioned recertification. What sort of resources are being used in order to achieve that? It can be a tremendous amount of resources. And those would vary from the people themselves in all departments and leadership positions, making sure that the awareness is there, that the department level operational controls are in place and being followed on a daily basis. It's not something that just an IT or a security team can achieve on their own simply by implementing the hardware necessary and the software protocols. It is an organizational wide thing. Obviously, financial resources are going to be required. Continuous capital investments in uh, next generation firewalls, making sure that segmentation and response, backups, DR, all of those components obviously have a cost factor to them. But being under high trust, it really gives you that framework to lay back on and say, this is the right thing to do. Here are the controls that were measured against and the capital investments that are related to it are always well-received within senior management. The next thing is the ongoing effort. As I keep mentioning, it's an ongoing every single day kind of effort. It's not something that you can say, okay, once a month, it's time to do these checks. It is every day that you're practicing it. And the once a month checks are just to make sure that you did your daily documentations and that you haven't missed something in kind of the everyday interactions that we have. Right. So it sounds like it's really a daily discipline then. But when those auditors come for the recertification with so much involvement from so many people, is there anything that the team does after the auditors leave just a high five and say, hey, we did it? There's definitely much rejoicing and celebration when we complete out that full recertification. Those couple of weeks of the audit itself and everything that goes along with it, it can be stressful as you're digging through and you're reiterating and there's thousands and thousands of pages of proofs and things that need to be reviewed. We were all extremely relieved to get through the certification, be able to take a breath. And then we all joke, great, now let's start on next year's. <laughs> right, exactly. And because like you say, it's daily and I know that everyone plays a role in it. 
Now, and also with security, you hear about SOC, and I'm just wondering, are high trust and SOC certifications the same thing or how different are they? Yeah, we do get that question quite a bit, actually. Sometimes we put forward that we're a high trust certified company, and we also get questions around SOC certifications. And so a SOC certification is also a fantastic framework. SOC originated with its focus really in the financial sector. Many industries kind of adapted to it outside of financial as it grew. It's focused on the integrity, the confidentiality, privacy, availability, but really security is the only one that's required. And it's typically about 80 to 100 controls. Within high trust, as I keep mentioning, it's flexible. It accommodates other industries as well, but it was actually born out of HIPAA and directly for the healthcare sector. It's got a lot of controls. I mentioned all the way up to 2000 that can be used in your scoping criteria to get a granular design that's really tailored towards your business. So the SOC certification is great. High trust, in our opinion, is really more geared specifically towards what we do. And that's the one that we constantly push forward and continue with. Right. And that's something that can be trusted, which is great. What about return on investment for high trust? What are your thoughts on that? Because it sounds like it takes a lot of resources and commitment from the company to maintain that certification status. So what are your thoughts on return? Yeah, Shannon, there actually is a return on investment. It can be both tangible and intangible in some cases, but overall, by implementing a high trust framework, you're pushing forward a standardization across the business. That standardization in daily procedures obviously reduces rework, it improves communication, it improves formalization within processes. Improving your security posture and reducing your risk is always going to have a return on investment because every single day we turn on the news, we see these things that are occurring and having a really firm posture around your security controls and your incident response allows you to kind of take those things in, understand what your next steps are going to be and methodically work through the framework without spending countless hours just trying to understand what your reaction to that problem is going to be and then work backwards into all the implementation steps that are going to need to happen. And so having this high trust framework and then pairing that with all the other things that I've mentioned throughout this, it really does give you a sense of confidence, a sense of ownership. And culturally, I really appreciate having this in here. Everybody within our organization understands high trust. They know why it's so important to us. And I do believe that that in itself is the return on investment. For sure. It definitely is that daily discipline you talk about because we have so much that we're protecting for our clients with that patient data. It's just so important with today's cybersecurity headlines. So Dan, thank you so much for joining us today and giving us this overview of high trust certification and just the resourcing it takes to maintain that recertified status. So thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Shannon. Great. And to our audience, thanks for listening. Join us next time for more meaningful discussion around the management and security of health data. That's it for this session of Health Data Talks. Check out helpful resources at HarmonyHIT.com and follow us in your favorite podcast app to catch future episodes. We'll see you next time.